What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. I am so glad to have you here with us. This is your host, Gourmet, of course. And with me today, I have a, another amazing dude who... His, his Instagram name doesn't just say crushing in it. He is literally, you know, crushing this journey of his. And I'm excited to finally have Caleb Blake here on the podcast. Caleb, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. That's good, man. It, it's early for you. So I, I, I appreciate you kind of getting up and, and getting yourself together so that we could make this happen. So. I'm just really excited to to get started sharing your your story with people. So, man, tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Um, well, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on the show. It's definitely something I'm excited about. Um, and uh, what qualifies me to be on the Fat Guy Forum is I've been fat pretty much my entire life um, since. I can remember, and I don't. I don't have a great memory, but I'm pretty sure I started becoming overweight in sixth grade. <laughs> I can't even remember, to be honest with you. Um, and it just continued to escalate from there, um, all the way through high school, and then a little bit after high school, I lost. A bunch of weight. I don't know the exact number, but I'm sure it was close to anywhere between 70 to 100 pounds because I was at a 5X shirt and I had ended up into about a 3X shirt. I'd never been able to get to a 2X. And then uh, just kind of went into my 20s, um, partying, working full time at like a Best Buy and um, enjoying my time in, in my 20s. And just completely went off the health kick that I was on, gained it all back, got back to a 5X shirt, then lost another 100 pounds and uh, and got back down to a 3X shirt and then gained it all back. And, uh, you know, all the way till fast forward till I'm 38 now. But when I was 36, I was 458 pounds and uh, had hit the max size that I'd hit, which was a 6X shirt and a a 60-inch waist. And now, here we are, fast forward a year and a half later, and I'm in a 2X shirt. I wore a 1X shirt yesterday, and um, and I'm down to a 42-inch waist. So, but it's weird, you know, I still consider myself fat. (laughs) Uh, And I have considered myself fat the entire journey. And I don't know if I'll ever be out of the mindset of not considering myself fat. So um, it, it's strange. It's So I, I guess that's why I'm qualified to be on the fat guy form. Forever be fat definitely, in my mind, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that's definitely something for us to talk about. Before we do, I, I kind of want to dive a little more into your journey and talk about, you know, you started getting bigger in like sixth grade. Like, 
were you were were other people in your family overweight too or was it something you know you were the 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 lone wolf like how did how did they react to to your 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 weight issues well we actually have a pretty big family uh have three brothers and a sister who's actually passed and they're all um much older than me besides uh my brother Josh who's pretty close to me in age he was about he was about 7 years but um when I was in sixth grade, my two oldest brothers were um, halfway across the country, so I never really saw them as often. Um, so I don't necessarily know what their reactions were. My uh, my other brother, you know, he obviously has always been concerned about my weight, um, and he's never really had a weight issue, and, and neither had the older brothers, um, and neither did my dad or my mom at the time. So not really sure what it was. Um, it's hard for me to connect the dots because for some reason, I just don't have a great memory. Um, even throughout this journey now, like I can't ever remember. I, I'm sure, you know, I've, I've mentioned it many a times that I don't take any days off and like, I can't even keep count of the days off. So right now I'm on, uh, I had a count to make sure I had the right number, <laughs> which is 435. So going all the way back to then, I can't necessarily remember exactly what it was. Um, I do know that I was on medicine as a child. And um, my dad had mentioned that when he took me off of it is kind of when my weight started to gain. Um, but to be real with you, Mike, like I never ate healthy. I can remember all the way back to sixth grade or whatever year it was when like uh, Taco Bell had the Shaquille O'Neal versus Akeem Olajuwon double-decker tacos. And like, I would eat those. And I can remember my Michael Jordan quarter pounder, like from McDonald's and the McRibs and, and all that kind of stuff. So I've never really ate healthy. Um, I've hated vegetables my entire life. And I was just the one child in the family that could get away with not eating them. <laughs> and maybe that's because I was the youngest. And they had just already, you know, had enough of trying to force veggies down the rest of my brother's throats. But I was called King Tut because I could get away with it. Mm. And so, I mean, that that leads us to like kind of like one of my next questions. Like, Caleb, do you think, like, like talking about your eating, like, was it something where you were, you know, I guess like it it kind of goes into your relationship with food, like. Was it just you didn't know better or was it, you know, a lot of a lot of guys I talk to deal with different issues of like food addiction, binge eating, closet eating. Like, where do you think like your like your food issues really shaped up? Like, was it just you didn't know or was it there was something else going on, you think? To be honest, I don't know what it was as a child. Um, like, I just enjoyed what I was eating and I didn't want to eat things that I didn't think tasted good. Um, as I got older, it was, um, I would say more along lines of closet eating. Um, it's kind of different for me. Like I, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I've listened to, to people talk about uh, the overeating. I was never really a big overeater unless if it was pizza. Like if you put pizza in front of me, I can annihilate the whole thing. Like there's no stopping me if pizza's in front of me um, or chips and salsa. But you put those two things aside and it was more along the lines of um, closet eating for taste, but not like 
being full. So like a, a good example would be, uh, well, I mean, I would be full, but I wouldn't overeat past full. It would just be terrible food. So like a good example would be how I would operate. I would say in the last four or five years uh, after work. So like I would get off of work at 4.30 and instead of going straight home and picking up my kids and taking them to sports, which is what you know we do every night, me and my wife, I would stop on the way home at Taco Bell and get myself two of their dollar burritos. And then I would eat it in the parking lot where no one could see me. And then I'd throw it in the trash can real quick. So there was no evidence of it. <laughs> and then I would drive home, pick up my kids and, you know, we'd go do our, our sports things. And then I would eat again at like eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, the way I would justify it in my head was, well, I've got to eat something right now or I'm going to be starving by eight o'clock, you know, <laughs> but that's like, that's like the closet eater in me. Like same thing with the morning. I, I've shared with you personally multiple times about um, maple donuts. And, you know, there's something about the 7-Eleven maple bar that I would wake up every morning. I'd have to get two of them and a sugar-free rock star and go to work. And no one would ever see it. Like, I would eat it in the car, drink my drink in the car, and make sure that I got out of my car and rushed to the trash can as fast as I can so nobody can see me dump it in the trash can. And no one had any clue. And that went on for like five years. <laughs> well, it's almost like it's not real if, if someone else doesn't see you doing it. 100%. Except for every morning. Every morning, is like a, it would be a fight for me. It would be like, okay, this is because... I was just listening to a gentleman on your podcast talk about how once you lose the weight, how when you're gaining it back, all you can keep doing is telling yourself that, you know, oh, I can, you know, I can lose it anytime I choose and I'm going to start next week. So every day I would have, it was like a fight, like with my mind every day I would wake up and I'd be like, I'm not going to eat that maple donut today. And there's three 7-Elevens on my way to work. <laughs> so it's like... So it's like, okay, I made it past one. Now I got to make it past the next. Then I got to make it past the next. And, uh, you know, and then by the third one, I give in. And it was just repetitive. It was a repetitive thing, you know? Oh, understood, man. And so take, when was your, when do you, when do you remember being like the first real time that you tried to lose weight? I know you said uh, that was that, uh, after high yeah. school. Yeah, it was like right when I graduated from high school. It had, it had actually started during high school. I was living with my youth pastor and he was working out daily. And I'm sure he was concerned for me, but never like said the words. And, uh, you know, he just led by example. And so I started going to the gym with him. And, uh, you know, maybe it was actually during my senior year now that I think about it, because I remember uh, getting on hydroxy cut. I don't know if you remember what that is, but it was just these, <laughs> when you were on hydro, maybe, yeah, it was right when I graduated because I was going, yeah, I had had my car and yeah, so I was able to get it myself. Um, but it was, uh, you take two pills in the morning and then two in the afternoon and two at night. And the, the dosage on the back had you going all the way up to four in the morning, four in the afternoon, four at night. And uh, I was just losing weight really quickly and riding a stationary bike and lifting weights. Um, and 
I just felt it all coming off. But then people started getting worried about the hydroxy cut. Reports were coming out saying that, you know, it was really bad for your heart and things like that. And so I stopped taking that. And those are the types of things in my mind that like people have a crutch on. Like the second I stopped using it mentally, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I might as well just enjoy my, enjoy my twenties. And I just started working at Best Buy and, uh, you know, that's, Best Buy was like high school all over again. Everybody there was young and they all like to go out and drink and have a good time. And, you know, I found myself, uh, you know, becoming friends with everybody there. And before I knew it, I was just not working out anymore and, and gaining all the way back. Sure. And cause I, I think one of the things that's, that's, resonating i think for people listening in your story is you know making those attempts losing some weight especially guys like this is something i i think that guys who have been you know over 400 pounds can relate to it's like you do all the work to drop that you know that 70 pounds that 100 pounds and it feels like you know in your head you've been like pushing you know pushing a car without an engine you know and up a hill and then you realize you're not even, you know, halfway up the hill. And, you know, if what you're doing isn't sustainable and isn't really kind of reinforcing that, like, it's almost like you take a break and things have gotten better. Like, I think I was talking with someone about that the other day. Like, you reach different points in your journey where it's kind of like, well, you know, am I, you know, okay now? Like, I feel better now. Like, I know for me, like, I think about, you know, I used to, when I was in, in my heavier days, like, have really severe you know, blood sugar swings that would affect things like the my frequency of urination and sweating and all of those things. And when that would start to go away, it was almost like my head would say, you know, well, we're, you know, we're okay now. Like, why do we have to keep doing this crap? Like, why, why, why keep fighting when you can just relax a little bit? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh, it completely I, is, I just, man. Go I ahead. just find that so fascinating. You know, like, it, it's so true. Because I was just talking to somebody myself the other day about it was two nights ago about how in like 2011 there's, you know, I got, I had lost, you know, over a hundred pounds and I just felt so like accomplished. And I had finally met a girl that was actually interested in dating me instead of just being my friend. And, uh, you know, uh, she had two kids and I just jumped in and, you know, I was like an Insta dad and, and I was just like, man, I'm in a good place. I've lost all this weight. I'm a 3X shirt. I can keep it off. I can just chill right here. You know, like, and, and I also, and this is something that's just crazy about where we are today in the world. And uh, it's funny, I, as I was coming in, I was listening to the the Willis podcast that you did uh, with that guy, with the gentleman Willis. And, and he was talking about in 2011, how he lost all that weight and that he had to do all this research to find stuff. And this is exactly what I was just talking about the other night with, with my friend was that in 2011, there was no Instagram. There was no proof of like what it's like to lose all the weight. I mean, sure. There's the Jared from Subway who was on a commercial and you, you don't even know if that's accurate or not, you know, at the time. And uh, there is no Instagram, there is no Gourmet, there is no Poro, there is no Crushing Keto, there's, there's not these guys that show me what true weight loss looks like. 
you know, at 307 pounds, I think that was the number I'd gotten to in, in 2011. Like, I didn't know what 205 or 220 could look like on my body. And it just didn't seem achievable anymore. And I remember asking my personal trainer, because I had a personal trainer back then. I'm like, hey, you know, my biggest, like, my biggest uh, insecurity has always been, I guess you just call my tits, right? Like, that's always been been my biggest insecurity. The reason why I won't take my shirt off. Um, you know, there's a guy on your show the other day that talked about how somebody walked by and just hit his tit. Like, those types of things are real. And for me, like, that's always been my insecurity. And, and when I got to 307, I asked my trainer, I'm like, hey, when is this going to go away? And I, like, grabbed my my skin he's like oh that's never going away dude like you're always gonna have that you just got to keep putting in work but you know you can you can define it but it's always going to be there and that moment it it was like the excuse my mind was waiting for to just shut off (laughs) you know and there was nothing there for me to look at to say you know what there was nobody for me to watch or look at that says you know what don't worry about your loose skin like Look at look at Poro jumping on on these boxes, you know, like that could be you, you know, and and look at him just dancing around with his shirt off and and his skin flapping around like it's no big deal. Like, don't you want to look like that? Like, <laughs> there was nothing like that. So back then it was just so easy to be like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm always going to have this. Um, I don't need a, to be at this personal trainer gym every you know four days a week type thing etc. So I know I just totally went off on a tear there. You're asking about the first. No, thing it's, say, but no, it's okay. Like I, cause I, I think it kind of takes us into like this idea that, you know, we, we get motivated and then we, it's almost like our brains look for a reason to stop. Like there's, there's a big part of us, like whether it's a biological imperative or if it's psychological, wherever it's coming from, cause I think it's different for everyone and different combinations of the two. Like our bodies don't like change. Our lives don't like change as bad as the situation is. Like, it's like that meme of the dog sitting at the table in the burning house that says, this is fine. Like, you know, there, I, I look at it so many times in my, in my life. Like I walked out of the burning house and got outside and realized I had no idea where to go. So I just turned around and walked back into the burning house because it was better to be in the burning house that I knew than to go somewhere that I wasn't really sure about what was going to happen. And I think you're right. Like, I, I think, you know, connection in terms of being able to see other people and see other, like, not just see other people like in before and after pictures on an ad, which I think we all could see. Like, I, I think, it, you know, like you said, like, it really was about, you know, when the advent of social media, like as much as people love to bash it, like, it allowed people that are doing these this work every day and doing making changes every day in their lives be able to share it so other people can see you know yes i'm the you know the dad with three kids who is you know doing you know two jobs but i'm still putting in the work at the gym or i'm you know i'm the mom who you know has to get up 2 hours earlier than i planned to so i can do a p90x workout in the basement before the kids start to get up and get ready for school like there's people doing things that aren't just like stereotypical models on TV. And I, I think get it, finding those connections can be really important. And, but so I think hearing what you went through, you kind of like with the ups and downs makes a lot of sense, man. And what, what I, I'm curious about, like, cause it's one of the things like you sent me 
kind of some documents before we talked, you know, about your why and about, you know, where you're at now and how you're feeling. And I think one of the things that kind of resonated in there was kind of your family. And so I'm just curious, like how, you know, if you want to take us into a little bit, like, you know, you, you obviously, you know, ended up getting married and have children and like, how do you, how did being as big as you were affect all of that? Um, well, I mean, I didn't allow it to, uh, control, um, ah, man, that's a tough question. (laughs) I didn't really allow it to, I didn't really allow it to control, uh, my mind, my size, I should say. Um, I just allowed it to continue to get bigger and it it definitely affected, um, you know, my relationship with my, with my kids. Um, I for sure was not being a good role model and, (laughs) you know, I'm raising athletes. So it's like, it's so difficult to bring your kid, especially my oldest kid, who's just a beast on, on any, anything he does. Like he's just really good at anything he does. And, you know, I would take him to a football practice and I would try to correct him or tell him, you know, you got to put in more effort here, put in more effort there. Um, You know, if you want to be, you know, an athlete, if you want to make it to the NFL, then you need to be disciplined here. You need to be disciplined there. And here I am walking around at 458 pounds, eating corn dogs and (laughs) and eating beef taquitos from from a seven from a seven eleven. And, or Cheetos or something like that. And and then just completely being a hypocrite on the other end and telling my child, you know, hey, if you want to be great in life, you got to make sacrifices. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and it was just, it was like very, um, you know, I knew what I was doing. Um, and I knew the example I was setting. That's why I was trying to hide it so much. And, um, you know, with my kid, I... I mean, I guess it, I I don't know if this is where you're going with the question, because obviously I'm just now falling into it. But, you know, as time went on, um, you know, my oldest kid would ask me over and over and over, you know, can we go jet skiing? (laughs) Can you take me on a sea-doo? And I was just terrified because when I was younger, I always wanted to go on sea-doos. And I remember falling off of one and not being able to get back on one. And, and just the thought of not being able to get on the back of one in front of my child was just like, not something I wanted to experience. And so I would just tell him, well, I got to lose weight first, son, you know, like I got to lose a And he'd be like, how much? And I'd be like, I got to lose like a hundred pounds. And he had asked me that so many times, uh, probably at least five or six times. And, uh, back in 2019 in March. I was, uh, well, I, it might've been February when this moment happened, but I was in the kitchen with my shirt off, uh, cause I was finally comfortable enough in front of my own family to have my shirt off. And, uh, I was cleaning dishes and he walked in and asked me, you know, Hey, when can we go see to energet skiing? And I was like, uh, man, I told you son, like I got to lose like a hundred pounds. And he just had this look in his face. Like when the hell is that ever going to happen? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I've heard it so many times. And uh and then he walked away and I just sat there in the kitchen like, God, I'm I know this sounds bad, but like, you know, mentally I'm just like, man, I'm pathetic. <laughs> like, how many times can I tell my kid that? And I had already had like, I don't know, four aha moments before that, so starting in, in December of 2018. 
uh, you know, with going to the Christmas party with my company and having to go get a suit and the suit didn't fit me. And they had a, I think it was actually a seven XL jacket that they got me. And the shirt was so big that the, the collar was so big that they didn't have a bow tie that fit it. And, uh, you know, and we had to be in a bow tie for the theme of the event. So I'm like the only one rock walking around without a bow tie. And, and it had suspenders because it was like a great Gatsby theme. And the suspenders pulled the pants up so high above my waist that you could see like the definition down there. And it just looked terrible. And I, I, you know, that was one of the worst nights of my entire life. And everybody thinks like, I just had a, I had this great time because I'm rolling around with smiles on my face and I'm posing and I won an award and all this stuff. But deep down inside, it was just literally one of the worst evenings of my existence. And, you know, that panned into, um, you know, uh, at Christmas, my wife, um, my wife's mom gave me a shirt and it was like my first official 6x shirt and i just remember opening it and being like man this shirt's nice and looking at the size and being like oh my god i'm a 6x now like my wife is telling people like my wife told her mom to get me a 6xl shirt like do you imagine like my wife having to tell her mom <laughs> like oh what size is caleb now oh he's a 6xl you know, like, so that went through my head. And then, you know, my brother gave me, well, you don't know this, but my brother gave me um, a book, my old, uh, my, my brother, Josh, the one that's about a seven year difference, him and his wife gave me a book called the mastery journal, which is like a book where you, uh, you do these tasks for a hundred days. Every day you wake up, you do a morning routine, and then you write down four tasks that you want to get done throughout the day. And you set a time limit for each task and then you close your door, you shut off your email, you shut off everything, you focus on that task. So whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is. And by the end of the hundred days, you find out that you're more productive and that you can get so much more done in a day if you focus on it kind of thing. And 80 days through the author promoted this thing called the freedom journal. And, uh, and my, I remember seeing a copy of the Freedom Journal in my brother's office. And so I ran over there and I grabbed it. And it said, uh, you know, accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. And so I just, I went to my brother and I was like, hey, can I have this book? And my brother's like the most giving person you'll ever meet. He's like, yeah, of course, take it. And so I grabbed it and, uh, and I brought it in, into my office. And I was like, okay, I got 20 days to start this thing because the Mastery Journal will be over in 20 days. And then I'm going to do this this thing. And I'm going to kind of start working on, on my weight right now. And then when, when the 20 days is up, I'm really going to hit it hard. So that was March 22nd, 2019. And, and I, I started, I had an elliptical in my garage. So I started working out on that, doing like 10 minutes a day. And then taking a day off after two or three days and doing that for like the 20 days. And then I opened that book on April 12th. Um, and I wrote down that I was going to lose 100 pounds or I'm sorry, 50 pounds in 100 days, which at the time I thought was a very drastic goal, a big, smart goal, uh, something that I could hit, but would be very difficult. And I kept it to myself. I, uh, you know, I remember somebody walking in my office the day I was writing it and they were like, 
like day one or two and they were like what's that and i'm like nothing none of your business <laughs> you know like i don't want anybody to see what i'm doing i don't want to fail and be a failure again you know um but anyway yeah so i wrote down my number one goal and and the whole concept of that book is to do 10 day sprints and and write down a goal that you're going to complete in the first 10 days and and then after that you're going to write down another goal and these little goals after 10 of them are complete you'll hit your number one goal kind of thing and so and it's funny I, like i said i was listening to willis's on the way in here and he was talking about how he quit drinking soda and he lost like a bunch of weight right away and if you go to my freedom journal which i think i actually sent you a copy of the first page um a while back but it it it's basically no sugar no soda for the first 10 days and that like that alone i mean i lost so much weight so quickly in in 10 days it was crazy um and you know it was no maple bars and well i didn't even realize how much soda i was having you know i'd go to lunch i'd have a coca-cola on the way home from work when i'd stop at taco bell I'd grab myself a a coke or a not a spray ever it was always something with caffeine a coke a dr pepper or something you know and um and then with dinner i most likely have one too i didn't even realize that i was having that much i couldn't even imagine putting a soda in my system now like it just the thought of it when you look at a can of soda and it has like i don't know 36 grams of sugar or something i'm like geez you kidding me <laughs> i cannot believe that i was drinking three or four of these a day like like that's insane i couldn't even when my kids ask for a soda i cringe because i'm just like oh man this should be illegal like this shouldn't even be allowed in the states like shouldn't even be allowed to have soda like it's, it's poison in a can oh. <laughs> well i mean it's it's one of those things we look we look at all the things that we're restricting right now because of you know out of this the covid quarantine and all of those things and the things that are, are putting our health at risk and then you look at something like soda and you're like how many deaths can we literally attribute to this like so if you want to start talking about regular you know i'm not a fan <laughs> of right i'm not really a fan of regulation but like if people really want to dig into it like there's a lot of things that, you know, you people just like to turn a blind eye to because it tastes good. Like, but I think soda is something that definitely, mm -hmm. and I do want to say, because I know he's probably listening. Um, I don't think the name you're thinking about is Willis. It's Willie. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I don't yeah. know him that well. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's it Willie. Willie. So it I just, is Willie. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. I just want I don't want to go too far into it and have him like yelling at the at the at his <laughs> at his car or his his phone while he's listening. But that's Willie Gillis, who has a great podcast for anyone out there. If they haven't heard Willie's episode, it's really fantastic. But I think like you're saying, like, I, I like hearing about like this idea that you were, you know, kind of building these manageable goals, like because getting rid of, of soda and sugar, like so, like you said, you didn't realize the impact that it was actually having on you. But then you you take it out and you realize, wow, like, you know, I really was kind of chugging this like it. It's because it becomes such a part of our natural rhythm and, and a part of our habits. And like breaking that pattern can be really, really intense. And like soda, soda addiction is I think is real, a real subset of its own. Like there are just people that can't get rid of it. And like no matter even when they're trying to lose weight and have to go to another kind, like it's really something that we're just like we're programmed to grab the soda instead of the cup of water. Like I think as Isn't people in general. 
It's completely wild. And so, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, how do we even get to that point? <laughs> like, how is it even allowed? Like, back to what you're saying with the COVID thing. It's like, how are we, you know what, if we're going to shut down the whole world because of this COVID thing, maybe we should shut down the whole world because of the soda thing. Like, it, the amount of deaths that you get from that, it's crazy. It's mar- it's it's marketing and money. Like, oh, no, 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 but it's marketing and money. I mean, because let's be realistic. Soda's cheap. It's very cheap. It's corn syrup in a bottle, like, and corn and corn is subsidized. And like, there's this whole rabbit hole you can go down, but you know, they wanted, and I mean, and then I don't, I don't know if you've seen any of like the documentaries, like there, there's a documentary out there where there's like a region, I can't remember what state it's in, where there's just, where like the Mountain Dew consumption is so high that babies are drinking out of bottles and their, their teeth are rotting as children because of it. Like it's, this like wild and I, I wish I could remember the name off the top of my head. If I do, I'll post about it. But I just remember watching it and being like, Oh wow. Like, and I mean, and that said, I used to regularly drink a 12 pack of, of Coke a day, easy two four, two, two liter bottles, easy. Like it was never something that, you know, you even think about, like it was get up in the, like I, I, for people that, that know me and follow me, like, you know, coffee is one of my things. I was never really a coffee guy, like up until probably my late 20s or so, like until then, like it was get up in the morning and have a Coke, you know, go to go to bed, have a Coke, like no matter what I did, there was there was a Coke there and I was not a Pepsi guy. There, There was a clear difference to me, but I was a Coke guy. And then eventually I discovered that if you ordered an ordered an iced coffee and ordered it extra extra, it tasted like melted ice cream. And so then I started to become a fan of coffee. That was literally how I became a fan of coffee. Like putting, I used to uh, like to have the coffee that had the sugary sludge at the bottom so that when I finished, oh, I could yeah. kind of keep swirling the ice and basically end up drinking sugar water. Like, but right? we're, it's, it's, it's hyper palatable engineered food. And I think that's a big part of our, our diets, you know, in, in America specifically in general and across the world, because we spread that across the world. Like we went to places where they didn't have any of these foods and said, Hey, here, try these. And it's, it's it kind of intense when you make that change. And like, I, I think like before we kind of get full into like where your journey has been taking you, man, like, so you, it seems like your, your story similar to, to some other people because it wasn't like you had a heart attack and had to, had to make a change that day. You know, it wasn't like your wife came up to you and said, make a change or I'm leaving. Like some people have those moments where it's like they they're kind of at a crossroads. Whereas like, I, I think you like a lot of people started to realize like, this is the life I'm living. Like this is the answer I have to keep giving my son. You know, this is what it's like when I have to try to get dressed up at, at a work party. Like this is my existence. And am I willing to accept that this is going to remain my existence for as long as it lasts? Or am I going to make change? And so you you found a tool that helped you get on that road to start making change. And you, you so you did, you know, no, no sugar, no soda for 10 days. How, how did things progress for you from there? Well, um, man, uh, the second the second goal was to work out twice a day. So um, I had already incorporated the elliptical every day for the first 10 days. And uh, I didn't take a day off in the first 10 days of the book. And so after doing the elliptical, which I think it was probably somewhere around 10 minutes or 15 minutes the first time, and then 
20 minutes or so by the end of the week. I had upped it to an hour, uh, 10 days, 10 days in. So I was doing an hour on the elliptical. And it's funny when I tell people that they're always just like, oh my God, an hour, that's a long time. Like, that's difficult. Um, and to this day, I still, like, I, I try to tell everybody to this day, I still don't go hard on the elliptical. I just get on an elliptical. I put a TV show on, whether it's Game of Thrones, Board of Walk Empire, anything, anything that shows that I love that I've seen a million times or shows that are new. And I binge them on the, on the elliptical for an hour. And I just go at the slow, like at a slow pace, the lowest level. And then I allow my body to up the, the intensity on its own. Like I don't, I don't go, Oh my God, I'm going to go hard for two minutes and then take a 30 seconds and breathe and go slow and then go hard again. Like it was just consistent movement. And I did that for an hour and I was like, man, that was doable. So the second 10 day sprint, I was like, you know, I'm going to do this twice a day. And I turned it into this like two a day mentality. So it was like, okay, if I wake up early enough, I can do the elliptical for an hour. And then if I get home and get done with all the sports and stuff, I can do it for 30 minutes before I go to bed. And that was the goal. So it was an hour in the morning and, and 30 minutes at night. And I would always flip it to two hours. So instead of doing 30 minutes at the night, I would end up doing an hour. And I found myself posting that on Instagram on my story. Every time I would get done, I would take a picture with my watch um, and, and post it on there. And and that became like an accountability piece for me. Like, you know, if I decided not to do that for a couple of days, some friends, random friends with mine would be like, what are you doing? You know, like, why didn't you post? Or like every time I got done, I would send the picture to my brother um to show him that you know i really was using the freedom journal and that he didn't waste it on me and you know if i went a couple of days without it he'd be like what what's going on and i'd be like oh yeah hold up hold up let me send it to you because i was doing it daily so i did that for for 10 days and that was a big accomplishment for me and on day 22 um i was like okay this is gonna be the day i'm gonna take a day off like i'm gonna take a break and um part of this journal you have to do a morning routine and one of my morning routines that I would write down every day was that I was gonna uh I was going to watch a motivational video and I watched the same David Goggins video over and over and over and I I was like 22 days in I was like man I need to watch something different and so <clears throat> I just clicked one of the suggested videos which so happened to be that guy Jocko and uh you know he started talking about it just so happened to be the day i was literally going to take the day off like this was the day i was like i'd already worked out in the morning and i was like i'm taking the day off tomorrow like it's, this is it and uh i was listening to this seven minute video and he started talking about taking days off and he's like look i'm, a, I'm not a fan of procrastinating but if you're going to procrastinate something i procrastinate taking a day off and he's like and what i mean by that is if you want to take a day off don't do it go home work out and then afterwards see how you feel and if you feel like you need to take a day off then take a day off but 99 percent of the time your body's going to tell you you're fine and i was just like okay fool like <laughs> that's a challenge like obviously that's a challenge to me because now i was literally going to take a day off and just randomly like maybe as a work of god i don't know but it was literally just put in front of me to challenge myself. So I went home and I did a two a day. And, and after the two a day, I was like, why would I take tomorrow morning off? Like, 
I feel perfectly fine. I'm not killing myself on the elliptical. Like if anything, I'm making myself better and I'm not deadly sore. Like why, why take a day off? And that started that whole no day off mentality. And literally, I mean, I've been through knee injuries, toe surgery. I just pinched my nerve last week in my back. You heard about that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've been th- I'm sick over Christmas time and I literally just every single day, at least 20 minutes, it's typically an hour, but at least 20 minutes of activity that I would have never done prior to the start of my journey. I make sure I get done. And, uh, and now I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, dude, if I took a day off, like I'm scared, I'm scared of what it, that might do. Like, could you imagine like, I don't know. I just see myself taking a day off and then being like, Oh, that's cool. You can take another day off. And then before you know it, you're just back to working out three days a week and, you know, not as disciplined as before. So I just stuck to this mentality and I couldn't even imagine not working out. Like, I don't know. So that, that was, that was the second 10 day goal. No, (laughs) I think, I think that makes sense, man, because I think that fear of, you know, recidivism and and falling back is something that not enough people have like i think especially when when successes start to mount is when we start to get cocky and start to say well this will be okay and that'll be okay and then eventually like you said once you realize one of those little things is okay something that honestly like real like let's be let's talk biologically like biologically one day off is not going to affect you like it's 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 literally not but motivation wise and psychologically and, and momentum wise, could it affect you? For sure. And you know, especially because that's where your your where your drive and your mindset is. And I think so then you take that one day and you're like and you do realize you're like, oh, well, you know, I don't feel that bad. You know, this isn't that bad. You know, maybe some of these other things I, I took out really weren't that bad. It was just that I wasn't controlling it properly but i feel stronger now and i can do this and i did that so many times like during some of my massive regains like i had points where you know like that that summer of 2013 where i went completely insane like that first week was wild off the rails and i i pulled myself together that weekend it was like look you know this is going to get completely out of hand if you don't put some rules in place so let's put some rules in place and i set up i was going to do you know, Monday through Friday, I was going to eat on my plan, you know, the way I, I had been eating, you know, following a paleo diet, single ingredient food, all of that, you know, just eat that food. And then on the weekend, if I wanted to have something, I would have it. And I kind of I had it set in my head, like, you can control this, you can do this, you're ready for this. And I think it that lasted 12 hours, maybe, maybe 24 hours, you know, because once I gave myself permission to fall, it was so much easier to keep falling. And and I think that's, it's not always about having to find more motivation every day. It's about building that consistency and keeping that consistency there as much for as long as you need it. And that's not to say like, there's probably someone out there listening who's like, well, I don't know if I could do X, Y, and Z for the rest of my life. Like one, you never know what you can do for the rest of your life until you try it. And two, what you need can change what you what you need to do can change and evolve but you have to be so aware of when that can happen and you have to be aware of the cost and the benefit you know is it worth changing something 
And you might think it is because it's that voice inside of you that wants you to fall. But really, at the end of the day, like it might not be. And so finding that that consistent drive, I think, is really important. And, and I think that's something that's really exemplified by your story, because we're talking about these little like 10 day pieces, you know, one 10 day, one 10 day goal, two 10 day goals. But really, like you, you said, when we first started talking, like this is added up to like, where, where are we at now? Did you say 434? 435 today. 435 today. So yeah, 435 days of consistency. And so, so Kayla, one, I want to, I want to ask, like, so people can hear, like you start your, your heaviest weight was 458 pounds. Where are you at today? Uh, today on the scale, it was 266. So 266.5. And yesterday it was 266.9. And I, and I gave myself that, uh, that little nudge. I was like, oh, that's another pound, but it finally back down to the, the half of it. So 266.5. So that's less than, you know, that's less than 10 pounds from being down 200 pounds. Yeah. I'm eight that's pretty amazing. That's I'm, right. That's pretty amazing. I'm super, man. super, super excited about it. Um, my goal, I know you offered me to come on your podcast back when uh, I we had hit a year mark of my weight loss journey and I was down 181 pounds. I think that's what I did in a year. See, this is what I mean by my memory. My memory is just, I can't even remember how much I lost in the first year. So uh, I think it was like, I think it was 181. Um, and obviously it's come off slower, uh, you know, since then. Uh, no, I think it was 179. But anyway, um, you know, now I'm, I'm 192, I'm eight pounds away. And, you know, the goal was to get to 200 before I came on your show. But to be honest with you, I, I feel so good about where I am right now that, you know, obviously the scale going down is, is awesome. I can't wait till I hit 250, you know, and then potentially, you know, get loose skin surgery um, and see how much loose skin is actually on my body. But like, I'm at the point now where I'm just excited to go back to the gym and lift and put on more muscle than anything um, and just kind of change my, my routine up. So yeah, I want to hit the 200 pound mark, but to be honest with you, like, I don't know, 50 or 60 pounds, maybe even more goes when I decided that I shouldn't really necessarily have a number that's my goal weight. It should be more along the lines of just health and being healthy and um, and not worrying about what the scale says, even though I weigh myself like six times a day. <laughs> well, that could be a problem, but that's that's probably something for you to think about. But I, I do like I, I think you highlight something that's really important, like. There are times in our journeys where the scale is important. And I was talking about this with with Daryl Perry yesterday on his show. Like it I think the big propensity in the 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 fitness, you know, kind of sphere right now, especially the social media sphere, is to be like, throw away your scale and stop weighing yourself and go by how a shirt fits or how you feel and how your body moves. And I think those are all great metrics. But I think the 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 thing people need to think about is there are different times in our lives that different metrics are more important. I, you can't say to someone who is on like high blood pressure medicine, not to look at their high blood pressure and just go by how they feel. You can't tell someone who's five, you can't tell someone who's 500 pounds that weight doesn't matter because that weight is literally crushing their body. Like it literally is like there is, there is no ease of motion. There is no kind of ease of life at that point. And so it's okay to say to someone have that goal weight, you know, fight for that goal weight, because that becomes important. And, and I think 
it's okay though to to start to realize like one of the things I think especially people out there who are listening who are where I was when I started or where Caleb was when he started we especially especially the dudes if you start to make small changes at the start of your journey you're going to have a, a fair amount of weight fly off like it's going to fly off it's just the way men's bodies tend to work and and also cuz I know there's probably some women listening who were like well that didn't happen to me and I'm like sadly there's some biological difference there, but there's going to be a point where the weight loss is going to slow. And that's where I think you come to a big crossroads. And that's where you have to decide, am I just going to go hard pushing for the scale and let it beat me up and let it rule what I'm doing? Or am I going to realize that while the number on the scale still matters, I have to start finding other things that matter as much. I have to find other metrics that allow me to see that I'm still making progress, that I'm still hitting my goals, that I'm still seeing change. And, you know, for some people that comes from how clothes fare. For some people it comes from taking pictures because your, your weight can stay the same, especially if you start incorporating, you know, you know, weight training, your, your body weight might not change, you know, especially when you're certain, when you've lost like 200 or so pounds, but you're going to see definitions start to change. You're going to see movement and you're going to see things start to happen or, I know for me, like when I have those moments where I'm frustrated with the scale still to this day, I'll think about, okay, but what did I physically do today that I couldn't have done before? You know, where can I fit? Like just this, just this morning, I had to, I was sitting outside for a little bit and I had the windows down in my car when I had gotten out of it. And it, it's going to be so warm that I just didn't want to leave them kind of bottled up the whole time. So I went to get back in the car to, to roll up the windows to put the windows up and I sat with my feet outside in the driver's seat sideways. And, you know, and as big of an accomplishment as it is to be able to fit behind a steering wheel again, I just slid easily with room between my hips on the seat and the steering wheel. So it wasn't just about, you know, forward girth. It with was something that just popped right into my mind right there. I'm like, I could never have done this before. And I think finding those little finding those little discoveries or those things that come along the way. And I think tracking things outside of weight, like is one of the things that has really stood out to me, you know, in your journey is you have a really neat system for tracking some of your measurements. You know, obviously you've got your whiteboard with your with your your pounds dropped on it, but you kind of have like a a wall of fame, wall of shame going on, on your wall at home. Why, why don't you tell people what that is? <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what made me do it, but I, I have what I call the uh, the the wall of belts. So um, I had a belt that was a 60-inch belt, and it was a very expensive belt. Uh, the rest of them were really cheap. <laughs> but anyway, it was this massive belt. I had it for a pretty long time. It's kind of strange. When I, when I ballooned up to my weight, like I'd sit in that weight range for quite some time. So I'm sure I was um, four, 420 to 458 for years, you know? So um, it, when I, when I gained all that weight back really quickly, the the second time, I, I think it was really fast. I, I mean, I wasn't able to track it like you did, like you really understand exactly how quick it went for you. But for me, like, I don't know. I just lost track of it. And I think that I sat around 420 to 458 forever. And so I had this belt for a very long time and it was a huge belt. And at the time I didn't even realize how big it was to be honest with you. 
and um, I was all the way maxed out almost on the loop or on the uh, on the 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 belt holes. Like if you were to look at this belt, you could see the marking of where I'd I'd last worn it. And when I lost the first, I don't know, thirty pounds or so, um, I noticed that the belt was just getting you know too big, and I had my coworker, who's like my best friend drill a hole in it so i can use it it still and that didn't work and i just took it off and i'm like what am i gonna do with this thing like i can't throw this thing away like this thing is epic <laughs> i was like you know what? i had this empty spot on my office wall and i was like you know i'm just gonna hang it right here so i can look at it every day and think about how i never want to be back in this belt again and it's literally like right in front of my monitor. So I see it. It's like right behind my monitor. So I see it every single day. And, uh, you know, I went on Amazon, I bought a cheaper belt. And then I bought another cheap belt. And then I bought another one. And just the other day, uh, I retired the fifth one. So it's five belts long now on the wall. And uh, it's funny. People come in my office that don't know me or that are just meeting me for the first time or hadn't seen me in a long time and they're just blown away by the difference and then they sit down on my chair and they can see all five belts and they're like holy crap are those your belts and i'm just like yeah and they look at that first one man and it looks like a full-blown python like it's so long it's almost from the top of the ceiling down like and i'll put that thing on and and put it around me to show people i'll take it down and put it around me and you know you can fit two people in there with me now so it's just it's been a great inspiration um you know and i i just can't wait to hang my sixth belt to be honest with you for sure man and i think that's a great you know example of of finding a way to keep your motivation present and i think that's something that people lose sight of like they get into their routines and they get into their consistent routines you know they get up go to the gym eat the same food you know yada 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 whatever it is you're doing you know to lose your weight and because we all use different tools and those tools can grow and evolve. But something like that keeps where you've been and where you're going in such tight focus that you can't ignore it. And I think that can be important for people, especially especially when, like many of us, they've gone up and down and up and down and up and down. And, you know, no, you don't ever want to forget like and you don't want to do out like and I that's one of the things like I love like face to face Friday and throwback Thursday and you know, all those hashtag days. And sometimes people will post it and they write like a long caption about I don't want to get stuck in the past. And, you know, looking back to where I've been doesn't define where I'm going in the future. And I'm always like, yeah, I agree with that. Like, great sentiment. But I know for me, if I don't look back at where I was. I'll lose sight of where I'm going. For me, looking back at where I was helps me keep the ship on course. Like, I, I think for some people, it's more important than it is for others. The same way the scale can be more important for other people and the same way other metrics. Like, I think it's it's okay if you resonate with something and someone else doesn't being able to say, well, okay, that's you. But for me, this is what I need. You know, it's the same way, like one of the things like that has evolved a little bit for you over time, you know, is you, how you've been eating. And you, I know you've 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 gotten a, a little it's like a keto-ish way of eating and if you look i'm sure something you've noticed like following pages like mine and other people's like there's still a million ways that people do keto and they get very tied to how they do it and like i still get people that you know it's more on twitter than instagram to be honest with you who 
when I say that I track my macros and my calories, flip out on me and tell me that I never needed to do it and it was useless and it's a waste of time and it's not needed. And, and I'm like, okay. And I used to get into huge raging debates because you want to defend yourself. And then I started to realize that what they were saying had nothing to do with me. It was all about themselves. But exactly. I think I was about to say, I think who it's, cares what they think. Yeah. It's working and, for and you, I think it's, right? <laughs> right. Like it's, and it really, it's about finding, you know, what ends up working for you in the end. And so Kayla, you know, we, we've been talking for a while and, and you've shared a lot of your experiences, but what I'm curious about is like, I want to distill a little bit of what you've been through, you know, this 435 days of consistency. Like, what do you think are the major lessons you've taken away so far that are not only going to help you turn this into like a sustainable life going forward for 4,000 days, but you know, or 40,000 or however many you have left. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to put a number there and, and jinx you, but you know, what are, and so what, what are the lessons that are going to carry you forward and you think are good for people who are just getting started to hear? Man. Um, God, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, well, I mean, first of all, that anything is possible. You know, I think that's that's one of the big things that, especially if, for anybody that's that's starting right now. Um, I know it's cliche, and, and I'm sure you've heard it, you've seen the Nike commercials and things like that. But anything really is possible. Like, um, don't discount yourself. You know, like for me, I'm I'm very repetition. Like everything's repetition, and that's why that book was so good for me because I had to write it down every day and. You know, same thing with driving home and eating fast food every day or getting my maple bars every day. Like repetition can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. So if you can force yourself into a routine, something that you have to do every single day and force it to be something healthy, you can literally change your life. And, you know, I don't know how many times like I, I've heard you talk about not approaching people that are overweight and and for me, it's, I just want to help people so bad. And I've actually, you can crucify me all you want, Corby, but I've actually walked up to two random people and, and just told them how much I care about them and how bad I want them to lose weight and, and how easy it can be. And I know that's not what I should be doing, but like, sometimes I just can't help myself because if anybody's listening right now, that's starting, I just want you to know, like, I know it seems so, so hard at first, like, like you can't do anything or that it's never going to change, but you can just tweak little things daily and continue to tweak them and can, and continue to work towards it. And I swear to you, like the, the change will happen. It will happen. And it could take six months. It could take a year, but as long as you are focusing on being better every single day, like anything's possible, it's endless. And I mean, I'm proof of it. It's a hundred and, and 92 pounds in, in just over a year and, and a couple months. And like, I was terrible. I had no exercise in my life. I was eating sugar every day and drinking sodas every day and so much fast food. Like, I know every single menu out here. We can go to a Carl's Jr. I can tell you exactly how to spend $5 and be full. Like, we can go anywhere out here and, and I can show you the best ways to eat cheaply and be full, you know, and, and it's just, terrible 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 food choices and i just god i don't care who you are like if if you want to lose weight i'm i don't i don't want money or anything like 
DM me. I will talk to you. I will video call you right away. I will tell you every possible thing that I've done that I feel like can uh, help you achieve your goals. Cause I just, I truly feel like, like anything's possible, like anything. And, and this discipline equals freedom mentality. Like you don't have to work out 435 days in a row. I mean, that's just what I do. And it doesn't have to be anything insane when you do do it, but challenge yourself daily and, and know that like I just said a trillion times in a row, anything's possible. Like it's enough to make me want to cry. Like I just want people to know that, that you can be 458 pounds and walk into where your shoes are going sideways. And, uh, you know, you can't see your calves and, and like, you got to go to all these special stores to buy your clothes and all that literally can change. And what might seem like forever, but at, when you're first looking at it, like, I can't, I can't even believe that it's only been a year and a half. Like, did I, I feel like just flew by. I was, I honestly, Mike, I went into our, uh, our little chat history on my other Instagram account from when I first met you, which was back in July. And I can see my own stories like that I posted where I tagged you. And I just can't believe what my body looked like and, and what my face looked like, but it was the same mentality that I have today. And, and I feel like anybody can brainwash themselves. Um, they just got to find the tool that helps you do it. And if it's me, if it's anybody, like whatever you need, feel free to, contact me like i'll help in any way i can so i don't know i don't know if that answers the question no, you're asking no but. it does it does man <laughs> i i think it really i think it really does and i think it has been an incredible year and a couple of months for you and so really be, before we we start to wrap up my last question for you caleb today is then what what do you see coming for you in the next 435 days i don't know i mean like i said it I've said anything's possible. I mean, the one thing I really, really, really want to do, one of my big goals is to actually com complete like a Spartan race. Um, during this journey, I started uh, calling people 24 hour fitness Spartans. And, and then obviously the Spartans are famous for their 300. And then I kind of incorporated that into my, how many days in a row I was going to work out. And I was going to take a day off on day 301. And, you know, so I'm like, well, everything's kind of Spartan related and people were starting to call me a Spartan. I'm like, well, if you want to call me a Spartan, I got to do a Spartan race. So what I would ideally like to see is myself complete a Spartan race, which is something I never thought I'd be able to do. Um, that would be nice. But to be honest with you, um, I see myself hopefully somewhere around the 240-ish area and uh, what I like to call a Shredicon. Like, I just want to be shredded. I want to be like that guy, Tony, that was on your show. Like, I want to look like that. Like, I don't know. That's kind of where I see, see it going. But the main thing, the main, the main thing I see is being alive, you know, which is what I was terrified of a year and a half ago. And it wasn't that I was scared to death. I was scared that if I died, like, I live in Orange County. This place is not cheap. And my wife is a straight gangster, like. If I passed away, I'm sure everything would be fine. She'd find a way to make it work. But I would hate to to ever put that on her or, or my kids, you know? So, like, for me, it's like, <clears throat> now I'm alive. Like, the only thing that's God willing, you know? So, that's where I see myself in 435 days alive. <laughs> I think that's I, that's all. I think that sounds great, man. And I have no doubts. You know, a lot of you've got 
you've got a lot of great things coming for you, even if you don't know what they are yet over this next year. So, man, Caleb, if people are fired up listening to you talk today, you know, and all that you have shared with us, which has been really great, how can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. I don't really do anything else. No Facebook. No. I mean, I have a Facebook, but I'm never on there. So you can find me on uh, the handle Gold Crusher with a K. So G-O-A-L-K-R-U-S-H-E-R. Um, and like I said, man, uh, some people have DM me in the past. I don't care if you take my advice and and don't work out for two months. You know, I'm still here for you after that. So just anybody feel free to contact me if you want some pointers on where to start. And you know, I'm an open book. I only have like I'm 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 not even at a thousand followers, so it's not like I don't have time to reply to you guys. <laughs> so feel free to hit me up, and I got you. Well, there we go, man. I'm sure some people will. I, I hope they will. And so, Caleb, it's all been leading to this. Man, are you ready for your run through the Fat Guy Five? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how good I'll be at it, <laughs> but go for it. Shoot them at me. Let's, here we go, man. So question number one, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, I have a tie. And it's uh, between you and Poro92. So you two are, are uh, my favorite fat guys to ever exist. Well, I, don't I, know I if appreciate knows that. Who that is. Yeah. Uh, let's, not, let's not bruise his ego. You know, poor <laughs> Ale- Alex- Alexander Poro has been on the show a couple of times. So regular listeners are going to know who he is. And if you don't know who yeah. he is, I'm not going to give you a link to his profile because that would make him too happy. <laughs> So no bump way. him. He's not hard to find. Uh, we know you, you described him. Changers. Well, I definitely appreciate that man. And I know that he will too. And um, like, like we were saying, he's not too hard to find because you just got to watch for someone who's uh, meal prepping some ground chicken, dancing with their shirt off in the kitchen. He's, he's out there doing it <laughs> on and the my regular favorite thing about you. Favorite thing about you too. I know that we got to go quick, but. My no, favorite okay. thing about you two is that, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, how many people follow you guys, which is, I mean, obviously there's a lot, like, I think you guys are over 20 K each or whatever, but like, you guys really don't like, you guys really don't care. Like you'll reach out to anybody, you'll respond to anybody, which is just, you know, you guys are literally changing and saving lives daily. So, I mean, everybody that comes on here says Chris Farley and, and, you know, uncle buck. But let's, you know, like they didn't change my life. They made it okay to feel fat, which is great. But like you guys literally prove that anything is possible. So it's like I, I couldn't imagine. And I know you guys aren't fat anymore, but you'll always be fat to me. <laughs> well, well, there we go. I like it, man. I like it. Question number two, Caleb, what is one lesson being a fat guy has taught you? Um, Humility. I would say, um, you know, being able to accept everybody for who they are uh, too many times, you know, I would feel judged and feel like it wasn't right that I should be judged, even though I probably wasn't even being judged. And uh, it really has just turned me into a, a different kind of person and just I'm very humble and and I love everybody no matter what. It doesn't matter, you know, what is going on in your life or who you are. So I feel like being fat like 
wanting everybody to love me for who I am has definitely made me feel the same way the other way. If that makes sense. It definitely does, man. I like that. I like that. Question number three, Caleb, what is one piece of advice you would go back in time and give your past self? Uh, stop eating that shit. <laughs> stop eating fast food. There you go. Stop, no, plain and simple. That's a good sugar. one, man. There you go. Yeah. Number four, let's jump to something else, man. And tell us, Caleb, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Uh, my mind. I love my mindset. I love that. I like I'm capable of conquering uh, my insecurities, you know, and and I believe I'm a true believer that the mind knows your insecurities and it'll literally try to shelter you from them and take you and and make you feel like everything's okay and you can go eat whatever you want, do whatever you want. And I feel like once you can conquer your mind, you can do anything. And then now like your mind is just completely different once you get over that wall it's just a completely different mindset and i just love 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 my mind there we go I'm where i, I like am it. right now mm-hmm. for sure for sure man and question number five you know we've talked a lot about health fitness and weight loss so let's talk about something else right now caleb tell us what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health fitness or weight loss related so I've been thinking about this. This one's really tough because almost everything I want to do is is weight loss related. Um, but one thing that I've always wanted to do and what I think is so cool that you do is do a podcast. Um, I even have a book that's supposed to teach me how to do a podcast in 50 days. Um, and I actually have a coworker that is super into podcasts too. And um what I would like to do is do a podcast about my dad's uh, journey through Vietnam. You know, he, uh, he was a Green Beret in Vietnam and uh, he never really talked about his experiences. And he's currently writing a book right now on it. And uh, just recently, he's opened up to talking to me more about it. And I want to do like a 10 part series uh, interviewing him and walking through his journey through Vietnam and then, you know, go from there, whatever other stuff we could do. Almost kind of like a Joe, almost like a Joe Rogan podcast to an extent, like no, like set, um, thing where, you know, like you have a platform for talking about people that need to lose weight or have lost weight and things like that. But this would just be like an open media platform. Nice. You know, well, I think that sounds, that sounds awesome. And obviously your dad's story sounds fascinating. So I think it'll be exciting to see that. And I have no doubt you'll make that happen. I think that sounds really great. So Caleb, yeah, I want to say a big, definitely, definitely. I, I want to say a big thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate you getting up a little early and, and putting it all out there for people. You know, I, I think there's some, some great motivation here for people that have, have journeyed with us today. So just really, man, a big thank you. And just thank you for everything you're putting out there to help keep people inspired. Well, thank you. I mean, I, like I said the other day, I was talking to somebody about you. And I just think this platform is amazing. I think the world needs it. And um, hopefully, you know, it can reach millions and millions of people and save millions of lives, man. And you're just doing something that uh, is epic. And I love the fact that you just put it all out there. You don't care about what you were like in the past. 
and you just show it and show it. I mean, just, I need you to understand how important that is. I, I call you the goat all the time. And I just really, really appreciate all your content because your stuff is pretty much one of the reasons why I am where I am. And I can't thank you enough. Well, I, I do really appreciate that, man. And I, I appreciate obviously appreciate hearing it and and knowing you know the impact that i've been able to have on your journey and just know that you're having a similar impact on other people and i'm just excited to see where it goes from here it's exciting. so everyone it, love it. it it definitely is man it definitely is and if anyone obviously i'm going to have caleb's information in the show notes for you to connect with him if you want to connect with me you can find me on instagram at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto you can hit me up on Twitter at GourmetGoesKeto, or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, my friends, don't forget, go out there today and do something amazing because you really are amazing people. And then come on back to the Fat Guy Forum. <laughs>